welcome to episode 176 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Los Angeles. I'm Nathan Fox. With me in Vienna, Virginia is Ben Olson. Ben, what's the latest? Well, I just uh, shoveled my driveway. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we had a decent amount of snow. I think there was a 20% chance that we were going to get eight inches, and we got those eight inches. And um, I didn't shovel my driveway right away because I was gone this weekend, and then I came home and just parked on the street. And by the time, I don't know, it's Wednesday now. So <laughs> I got around to it. And um, I've learned this lesson before, but if you walk on the snow or whatever before you shovel it, you know, it turns to ice. It gets harder. Yeah. 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 I am excited to come see you. I'm disappointed that I'm going to be flying into the winter time. That's a, a big shame, but I'm going to see you uh, in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Why are you coming? <laughs> because we're going to go to GW to do a talk January 28th. That's a Monday night, 5 30 PM. We're doing a talk called advice on the new LSAT. <laughs> changes to the LSAT in 2019. <laughs> People are going to be coming and they're going to be a little disappointed. They're like, wait, you're telling us the LSAT hasn't changed? Yeah, it hasn't changed. It's just a different format. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast listeners, you you will have hear, heard much of this on the show, but it, we still would appreciate you coming out. Um, there's a link on uh, in the show notes to how, how to register for the event, but it's a free... Uh, free event, free information session. You can come out and say hi to me and Ben uh, on January 28th. Uh, we are also going to Las Vegas. What are the dates on that? So we're going to show up on Friday the 15th at night for a social then, but it will be yep. Saturday, March 16th and Sunday, March 17th, uh, two full day sessions with us going over one of the most recent LSATs and talking about all sorts of new stuff that we have going. Awesome. You can go to uh, thinkinglsat.com to register for that. There's a $100 discount for anybody who's in any of our other courses. And there's also a $100 discount for um, signing up before February 1st. So if you're hearing this, you probably only have, uh, I don't know, a week or so left to get that discount. So go ahead and sign up uh, soon. Yeah. Um, today on the show, we are going to have a new feature called LSAT Fundamentals. Um, ben and I have decided to create a new LSAT curriculum between the two of us using our uh, you know, decade apiece of LSAT experience. And we're going to kind of hash it out on the show for, for y'all. So today we're going to talk about LSAT Fundamentals, some real basic stuff like how to study, what materials, um, just if you're barely getting started, like what are your first steps? Cool. Uh, we also have an update from LSAC on the June and July tests and the digital LSAT. Can't wait to hear new news from our LSAC overlords. We have an update on the writing sample as well, because the writing sample now is changing suddenly. The writing sample is actually changing before the, the digital LSAT, mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Uh, we have a question about writing an addendum to your applications. We have a question about tuition offers. If we have time, we have a question from LSAT India, a logical reasoning question from LSAT India. So chock full of uh, content today. You can email the show, help at thinkinglsat.com. If you have a question, you'll get yourself on the agenda. Uh, more likely to get on the agenda if you send us a selfie of yourself uh, studying or just goofing around or whatever, we like to have a face to put with our listener questions. 
Demon updates, Ben? Anything new happening with the LSAT Demon? Yeah. So we spent all day yesterday with the developers working on performance to try to speed things up. We also worked on uh, a lot of little things that had come in over the months. Uh, finally had a chance to clean some of those uh, issues up. And finally, we made some progress on the timed sections for reading comp and games, although that has not been published yet. But we're looking forward to doing that soon. Sweet. Um, one of my students in my San Francisco class, they were they were sitting around talking about what they've been doing for prep. And one of the girls who has improved a ton in just a few weeks uh, gave was giving all the credit to the LSAT demon. Oh, cool. <laughs> And yeah, and she, she was like, people were like asking her, you know, how do I improve? How do, what do I do? And she's like, well, have you been doing the LSAT demon? And they're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to check that out. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, well, I've been addicted to it and I am scoring higher on logical reasoning than I ever have scored before ever. And then she said, praise the demon really loud. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, whoa, that is catchy and edgy. And I wonder if Ben will like it. So I sent it to you, Ben. And yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I like it. You're into it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So um, we that we have a new slogan for the demon. <laughs> Praise the demon. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to put a note here that maybe our listeners, if they're talented slash bored, uh, they might want to send us graphics for uh, logo or for T-shirt designs because I definitely want to praise the demon um, T-shirt. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you can email help at thinkinglsat.com if you would like to contribute any of your um, graphic arts abilities. I wonder yeah. if it'd be strange to to change that slogan to follow the demon because, you know, mm. you need to follow its advice. And that sounds even mm. more like scary if you follow the demon. Mm. It sounds like we'll you really like that it. suggestion. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, follow. I don't like that it's two syllables. I also don't. It's not. It's not edgy enough. It's not. Oh, I uh, thought it might I, be more like edgy. Maybe. It, yeah. Follow really. Like, yeah, it's a little well, late. It's it's losing. It's <laughs> it's, it's a little long. I, don't I was know. thinking of the the implications of following a demon versus just praising one, but oh, I see. Yeah. Well, we also looked issues. at hail the demon, right? <laughs> oh, but yeah. then the, you you thought that was too Hitlery, so we can't we couldn't do that. Yeah. That one that was also just something that was said by a said by a student. So. Wow. Okay. My favorite right now is praise the demon. So we, we'll we'll see. Maybe the listeners will will help us out. That's uh, help at thinkinglsat.com. You can help brainstorm uh, slogans, and you can also send in uh, any graphic design you have. We'll we'll make some t-shirts. I need a new I need a new thinking LSAT t-shirt. All right, you ready to dive into this LSAT fundamentals uh, bit? Almost. I forgot to tell you that I saw um, Free Solo last night. Oh shit. It was good. And? Yeah, it was very good. I saw it in an IMAX theater, and I was a little disappointed because the IMAX theater screen was no bigger than any other modern theater that I've seen. So I was hoping for something much bigger. I hadn't been to that IMAX theater before. It was in D.C. I think they just don't have that much real estate. It's kind of a crowded space. But the movie was excellent. 
a few weeks ago. Did I tell you that I saw the Don Wall? The Don Wall. Yes. You've got to see what this. What is that? So stepping back here for a second, Free Solo, if our listeners have not heard of it, is about um, a mountain climber who scales El Capitan. That's uh, the Half Dome in Yosemite. It's not the Half Dome. It's, it's not? A, no, it's not Half Dome. Half Dome's a different a different wall in it's a different wall. Yosemite. Oh, well, yes. at- El Cap is you the two iconic things in Yosemite are well besides the waterfalls but you when you drive into Yosemite Valley you see El Cap on one side and you see Half Dome like farther at down at the end of the valley but El Cap is the biggest like rock climbing wall in the world it's just like a 4000 foot slab of granite oh well that's that's interesting so when i was younger i used to go on 50 milers with scouts yeah in Yosemite, and we'd we'd climb up the back of Half Dome, and I was getting mixed up. I thought, "Oh, wow, I've gone up the back of that." But, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's there's another wall, an entirely <laughs> sheer, another sheer face. But anyways, this climber did it without ropes, and uh, the <laughs> in three hours and like forty five minutes or something like that, and the whole movie was about that. And I thought they did a really good job of just showing how challenging that is and how psycho it's just psychotic yeah. i mean it's just it's suicidal yeah. it's, it's absolutely bonkers yeah that this dude did it but he he's just he doesn't feel fear yep <laughs> so, his amygdala doesn't work <laughs> correct <laughs> correct he did like he did he did uh, plan it out and he did you know even like he was he was waiting for the right opportunity and the fucking great movie. Yeah, I think I'm supposed to go see it tomorrow night in IMAX with uh, with my pals. So I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Free Solo. It's a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. So you should also see The Dawn Wall. Oh, right. So you know the guy that uh, helped... I, I can't believe I don't even remember their names now. But Jimmy Chin? Alex Honnold is the guy who climbed the who, who did the climb. Okay, Alex is, is the one who did the climb. Filmmaker. Okay, not mm-hmm. not the filmmaker. The, the other guy who was... Who did the wall with him with ropes to help him. Uh, the other the climber guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Don wall is all about him. And, oh, cool. And the, um, the climbs that he's done that have broken records and so forth in any case. So oh, cool. yeah, check that one out. It's definitely a different okay. like tone because he does all his climbing with ropes. It was more kind of like the endurance and the, he yeah, did yeah. so many challenging moves that, and they kept falling, but it didn't matter because they had ropes. It was just more about perseverance. Whereas this one is like, <laughs> don't <laughs> make one freaking mistake. Oh man, that was that was a good movie. It's a great movie. I can, I have one more movie recommendation. It's called Meru, which is the, uh, Jimmy Chin made that movie before they made Free Solo. Oh, okay. Meru mm-hmm. is about Jimmy Chin and two other climbers, Conrad Anker and. Um, one other dude i can't remember his name but they uh climbed this peak that this route on some peak that had never been climbed before Mm. and they do it with ropes but it's like still just death defying you know i mean they they like easily could have died on on these attempts to climb the mountain so Hmm. that's called meru m-e-r-u oh yeah i have actually seen the trailer for that i want to check it out now thank you yeah (laughs) Yeah. Ready to get into this? Let's do it. Okay. So the f- we want to start at the beginning, I guess. Um, how to study for the LSAT. 
Yeah. What, what, what do we want to tell people, Ben, if they're just starting out like day one, what do we, what do we want people doing? So we need to just like get them going. I'm, I'm envisioning this as like a, what do I do in my first week or my first day? Like, how do I get myself set up for success? So most recently I've been telling people to do, to think of their study as consisting of two components. There could be a lot more, but I think it's easier and not overwhelming if you just think that there are two components. The first component that I've been telling them is to just start thinking of yourself as someone who does one 35-minute section a day. And at first, like that first week, it might be every other day or you might only get a chance to do one 35-minute section. I don't want this to be astronomically difficult uh, we just need to get started and doing a time 35 section is a good way to jump into the test and then have a chance to review it. And then the second component is the demon. And the reason for that is that they can, it's even easier than doing a time 35 minute section. Cause you can just do one question and the demon's going to figure out how good or bad you are at the test and start giving you questions at your level. So in my mind, when you're just getting started, it's, either doing 35-minute sections or using the LSAT Demon at lsatdemon.com to start targeting, just do practice problems, one off, one at a time. I'm sure you have a lot to add to that, but that's generally what I'm thinking when someone's just getting started. Yeah, I my advice has long been do a practice test right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I just, we need to see where you're at and you need to see where you're at. Mm-hmm. You need to expose yourself to the entire test. There's no point reading theory in advance. You do not need to prepare before you take your first test. You just need to take a test. Yeah. And I, I really want you to time yourself 35 minutes. If you are a normal test taker, if you have accommodated testing, then it's either 53 or 70 minutes, depending on what your accommodation is but you really should just sit down and do a time test to figure out where you're scoring today and get an idea of, you know, how much work you might have ahead of you. Yeah. We can't advise people as well without any data. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to give you advice, but if you email me and say you got a cold 140, mm-hmm. that's very different from a cold 160. Yeah. And so your, your whole prep might end up being a little bit different, but I I do think in both cases you do a test and you, uh, start reviewing those mistakes and okay. So you're saying, Ben, we're going to develop a habit of doing 35 minute sections regularly Mm -hmm. and then supplementing that with extra drilling when we have free moments Mm -hmm. drilling in the LSAT demon. Yeah. Okay. I love this plan. I think this is perfect. I think this works for just absolutely everyone. If nobody, if they haven't done a test before, like what if they're just starting out today? What's the first thing that they can do? I do like them doing the June 2007 LSAT because it's easy to find. Anyone can get it instantly. They can just Google June 2007 LSAT and then take that test. I guess I would emphasize though that if you don't have time for a full test, it doesn't matter. Just do the first section and then the next day do the next section so that within the next two, three, four, five days, you have completed that test. And now you've seen every section on the test and you have a score. Yeah, absolutely. People frequently procrastinate by 
you know, they, they're, oh, I don't have time to do a full test, so I'm just going to do nothing. Well, okay, mm-hmm. do a 35-minute section. Just break it up. Yeah. And if you do a section a day for four days, I mean, you're going to have completed a test. And is that a perfectly predictive <laughs> score? Maybe not. Yeah. But it's a pretty damn good predictive score. I mean, you still had the same amount of time to work on the the questions, right? Yeah. It's and not like you didn't get extra time, so... And it's something, right? Like, like you said, yeah. if, if you score a 160 by taking the June 2007 LSAT over four days, that's a much different accomplishment than scoring a 140 or even a 150. It tells us something. And no matter how well or poorly you do, there's always going to be some variation. So until we get multiple tests under your belt, we're not going to really know where you're at, but we have a good sense. It's like, okay, you're in this ballpark. These are going to be your challenges. You can also see uh, what sections strike you as difficult right away. For most people, that's the games, but that's not always the case. Some people pick up the games very quickly, uh, even from their first attempt and they struggle more with reading comp or logical reasoning. So now you know, and you're re- you're off and running, really. Yeah, I love the idea that even if you don't have 35 minutes, you just get out the LSAT demon and you do a couple questions. I got an email from a, um, I, I don't know where he found me, but he's a like wannabe professional golfer, mm. just graduated from college and he played golf all throughout college and now he's trying to do like the professional mini tour thing like break his way into golf somehow if he can swing it yeah and he said that he was on very low budget because he didn't have time or because he was spending all this money on these um tournament entry fees Hmm. and he also was worried about the time because he's like constantly traveling and just you know doing all the golf stuff yeah and i was like well dude one (laughs) You might need to prioritize your LSAT prep if you're serious about being a lawyer. <laughs> Two, you know, the LSAT demon is perfect for exactly what you're talking about. I, I even said in my email to the dude, I'm like, you could literally be doing a question of logical reasoning while you're standing in the middle of the fairway waiting for the group ahead of you to get off the green. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why you don't just get it out and make a tiny bit of progress. Yeah, And if you chip away and just make a little bit of progress every day, then you're going to be moving forward on the LSAT. We don't, I guess we agree, Ben, the, this idea that you have to study full time for the LSAT is completely false. Yeah, I agree. The idea that you're, that, that you even have to study a minimum number of hours a week is completely false. Yeah. I actually, now that we're talking about it, I think that there probably is some minimum number. And the reason I think okay. that there is, is that if you don't study enough and you don't see the progress soon enough, right? Like you just end up maintaining your skill level because you're doing so little. I think that then it can kind of become a pointless exercise. Maybe now I'm talking about a very little amount, you know, someone, sometimes I have students who will uh, be working with me and I'll say, Hey, look, Every time you do something or at the end of each day, email me what you did that day so that I know what's up. I can offer some comments on that. These emails tend to be very short. It's more just kind of like a check-in. And sometimes I'll have students who (laughs) don't write a few days and then they write and they're like, oh, I did a game today. 
And I'm like, that's great. I'm glad that you did a game today and that you learned something from that game. But what did you do the last, the two or three days yeah. before that? Oh, I didn't do anything. I've just been really busy with whatever, you know, excuse, excuse, excuse. And then it's like a couple of days go by and then they do another game. And I write them. I'm like, look, I want you to succeed. And I'm glad that you're doing this. That's, that's great that you've started, but you're, you're not going to see any progress. So you're not going to get that dopamine, right? From like, Oh, look, my effort is paying off. And that kind of becomes a cycle that then feeds into that. I mean, I think in most cases we look at people who are motivated, they're signing, they're paying for our classes. They're signing up for our classes. They want to go to law school and they're doing too much. Right. So this is not a super common problem, but it definitely, I think is out there on occasion. Oh, I have it all the time. I mean, I have people who sign up for my class and then like, don't come, yeah. you know, or, or they come to half of it, which I get it. People are busy. People have other things in life. You know, this isn't the only thing. And, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, people who just like, they signed up months ago, they've had the books for months. They then, you know, just like come into cl class complaining about family obligations and work obligations and blah, blah, blah. And they haven't done any, they haven't just haven't done the work. Yeah. And it's like, boy, you know, you, you're going to have to, at some point, you're going to have to commit to this. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a lesser commitment than people think though. I mean, do we agree that an hour a day, if you did an hour a day, every single day, that would certainly satisfy the minimum uh, commitment. It would for almost everyone, right? I'm sure there's some people who might need a little bit more, but an hour a day, if it's a good hour, like you, you put your phone on airplane mode, you sit down, you focus on what you're doing, you review your mistakes. You don't just go, Oh yeah. Okay. It's C you put in that focus and effort and try to learn from your mistakes. Then an hour, a solid hour every day could be very good actually, uh, because you're able to focus so much during that hour and then let go because you know, Hey, I only had to do it for an hour. Totally. I, you will be making forward progress if you just work for an hour every day. I don't know that you'll get to any certain goal on any certain time frame, but I just, I know that you will be, you will be progressing. Yeah. Your, your competition, by the way, <laughs> the, the people, your competitors are working on the LSAT every day. Yeah. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are hordes of people out there who are trying to get a better LSAT score than you. And there, many of those people are working every, every single day. I love, I want to go back to this idea of the, the best hour of your day, mm. or you need to bring your best to the test. I guess this is, this kind of goes along with what you're saying, Ben, when you study tired and, you know, broken after a long day working or whatever, yeah, you're, you're naturally just not at your top performance. Mm -hmm. So then you're like cranky and tired and distracted while you're trying to do your practice section. Mm -hmm. So then you don't do as well as you could have. So then you don't get the dopamine reward. Yeah. So then this can create a, just a, if not a downward spiral, it can certainly create like this frustration and uh, you can stagnate, I think. Yeah. That said, I would, I would say that someone who is tired and then says, 
I'm committed to doing at least a half hour every day or an hour or whatever their commitment is. And then sticking to it, even on the bad days are going to look back over a couple of weeks, over a month and see so much progress because at least they kept with it, right? Like a bad day at the gym is still a day at the gym. And yeah. what's more important is that you're now developing that habit and this gets back to what you're saying about doing this every day. Like, I think there's power in that. Someone was just talking to me yesterday and they said, well, what if I can only work two or three days a week because of my work schedule? And I said, hey, look, if that's all you can do, then, you know, you work around that. You schedule time for the LSAT on those days that you can do it. And you're probably going to have to do a little more than you would every day. But it's a lot like working out. I would rather you work out every day, get in the habit and have that recovery between workouts than to try to pile it all on the weekend or something like that. Yeah, um, You're just not going to get as much out of that long session as you are out of shorter, but more frequent sessions. And, and then, so then that goes back to the demon because the demon is perfect for that. I mean, yeah. you could be doing multiple short sessions throughout the day where you just pick it up and do one logical reasoning question. Yeah. I want to push, push back a little bit on people with their work obligations. Mm. We need to start drawing boundaries around our work time. <laughs> if, if you're going to go to law school, y your current job probably just doesn't matter that much compared to what you're going to be doing as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to, you know, totally slack off, but I am saying leave work on time, commit to the idea that they don't own you and just put it in a box because you're going to have to, you're going to have to carve out dedicated time for LSAT prep. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I was hearing my class say is that they, they really do. F not everybody can pull this off, but some people had, had changed instead of practicing after work, they were practicing before work. Mm. Yeah. And I get, you know, young people love to, Oh my God, I could never, I already have to get up so early. And it's like, well, okay, but suck it up because you're fresher in the morning or you're fresher, at least at like your lunch break. Mm-hmm then you're going to be probably at the end of a long work day and commute and everything else. Yeah. So everybody's different and you're going to have to come, you're going to have to find a routine that works for you. But I'm a pretty big advocate these days of doing it first, you know, like ideally your best hour of the day goes to the LSAT. If you can't do that, then fine, you know, we'll take whatever we can get. Yeah. But it, for, for just maximum efficiency and this is, it's a life changing moment, right? This yeah. is <laughs> you over the next three months or six months or however long you're going to be studying for the LSAT. Some people study longer. Sometimes it's a year or more, but it, <laughs> the better, the better you like the, when you bring more of yourself, like better energy, yeah, higher quality study time, then you're going to be able to shorten that time frame. And over that three or six months, you can completely change the trajectory of your career. Yeah. Getting into better law schools, getting full ride scholarship offers. And so if you can figure out a way to give it your best hour mm -hmm. first thing in the morning and just do that every day, huh, that, that would be, that'd be my dream, right? That's, <laughs> that's, this, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Well, I think the process here is you decide now to commit 
or you you don't decide. You just commit right now. You just do it to do something every day. Get that going. And then the more and more days that you can study at the best time, the better. And if you have some days in which you don't study at the best time, at least you know you did it, right? So you're getting in bed and you're like, ah, damn, I didn't do LSAT today. Just pull out the demon or (laughs) if you're so inclined, a 35-minute section and just hit start. I think that I have people come in on Saturdays, you know, to take these practice tests and they finish the entire practice test and then they're done and they have trouble finding time for the practice test throughout the week. But it's like, if you show up here, the ball is already rolling. It's, yep. it's far more likely that you're going to finish the test than that you're not going to finish the test. And I think that if you get out your timer on your phone and you set it to 35 minutes and you hit start, it's not going to be very long. And all of a sudden that section is going to be over. And you're now going to say to yourself, oh, I did something today rather than I just kicked the can down the road one more time. Yeah. And the demon is even that in miniature that you you wake up in the morning and you roll over and instead of checking Twitter, you get on the demon and you do one question. Yep. Which will or, then probably turn into like 10, but it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just do one. <laughs> exactly. The, yeah. Do the first one and you're going to then get some instruction or you're going to get another question <laughs> yeah. and hopefully, yeah, I mean, you, you might, you, you might find that you've got more time throughout the day than, than you thought. You also might find yourself getting addicted to it, enjoying the process. And that's the, the people who score really high on the LSAT. Eventually they've fallen in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like they've discovered that it is a fun interesting little game that they get to play. Yeah. That that's where the real real big scores come from in my experience. Yeah. Cool. Um anything else we want to say about the uh about LSAT fundamentals? I think that that's a pretty good start. I think that's a good start. So just to recap, take the June 2007 LSAT. If you need to take that over 4 days or 5 days, fine mentally start thinking of yourself as someone who does something every day for the LSAT. That might be a 35 minute section. You don't need to jump around. Just grab a book of 10 tests and start doing that. You can actually start doing that in the demon pretty soon now too. But make sure you review whatever it is that you do. If you don't have time that day, just review it the next day. Just make sure you do something and then review it. And some people are going to do more than others because they're better at the test, right? Like if you're just getting started and the games are a shit show, then maybe you need to do a time section of games and then spend the next two days watching videos on those games, redoing those games and trying to figure out how the heck this all works. That's okay. I don't care as long as you're doing something and learning from it. Yeah, I guess we should make a note about materials. The tests are licensed by the law school admission council and they're, they can be very expensive. But at Ben, you mentioned the books of 10. There's mm-hmm. like what, six or seven of those now mm-hmm. that are available on mm-hmm. Amazon. Yep. They're about $25 a piece, maybe $30 um, a piece for 10 tests. That's a pretty good bargain if you want printed out tests. Yep. 
many people, because they've taken a previous LSAT class or they just have friends, they also might have access to the tests in other ways. Just some people have big ass books of tests laying around. Some people have folders with all of the PDFs of all the tests. If that's you, great. Get your hands on whatever tests you can get your hands on and just do them, essentially. Mm -hmm. You don't need to strategize so much about which tests you're going to do. I guess we prefer the higher numbers to the lower numbers if you were only going to do some of them. Is that right? Yeah, I would. Ideally, you don't do the most recent tests first, but I would prefer they start in the 60s somewhere or 70s, somewhere around there. Okay. As we record this, we're all the way out to prep test 86. Yep. So if you, if you just don't touch the ones in the eighties, then that'll give you already, you know, seven practice tests that you can keep for like pure diagnostic purposes or whatever. But I do want you to do all of those before you sit for the, the, the upcoming test, whenever your test is, I want you to have done all the most recent ones. So Maybe, yeah, that's not the first thing you do, but I do want people focusing on the higher numbered tests um, just to make sure that they've got the coverage, right? Those those tests are the most predictive of what the test is is likely to be. Yeah. Cool. I think that we could probably wrap it up <laughs> there on yeah. the LSAT fundamentals. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you can give us feedback, by the way, about this new feature, uh, help at thinkinglsat.com and tell us what, what you think and uh, what you want us to cover in future iterations of this. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Next thing is, oh, is it this note from LSAC? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. So this is a email or something from LSAC. It says, dear colleague, we want to, we want to make you aware of some exciting news and developments happening at LSAC. Please see below for details. Okay. We could cut that entire paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) here are the exciting news and developments i've now scanned below first june and july 2019 lsat registration registration for the june and july 2019 lsat is now open the july 2019 test administration kicks off our official transition to the digital lsat when approximately half of the test takers will be assigned to take the test in a secure environment on a microsoft microsoft surface go tablet and the rest will take the tra- traditional paper and pencil test. You will find comprehensive a comprehensive set of FAQs here. Okay, so the July LSAT registration is open. Is that the exciting news there? I guess that's the that's the exciting news there. And I, by the way, did I don't know if your students experienced this, but I got several emails and there were posts in our Facebook group too about the sites were immediately full for July. Yeah, so I heard that, and then I talked to some students who said that the DC sites were all still available. So I don't know if they're bigger test centers or if everyone in DC is sleeping under the snow. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Yeah, interesting. People, people out here on the West Coast, uh, especially, I think, got they like they went like two hours after this announcement that the registration was open and they were immediately waitlisted. It could have been that just like some of the sites started on waitlist Mm -hmm. because they didn't know how many people they were going to get maybe. Oh, okay. Anyway, go to the way the waitlists have people get in almost always, don't they? When they register (laughs) enough in advance. Yeah. I feel like you've heard of someone getting on a waitlist and then like not getting to take the test. 
No, I think what it is is I've I've heard that they uh, guarantee that they'll get you in somewhere within a hundred miles, and so I think that's why people have always gotten in because there's going to be some place within a hundred miles. But I don't seem to remember anyone telling me that they had to travel that far. So it just ended up being some less desirable place in their area, you know, within reasonable driving distance. So I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Yeah, it's 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 probably worth just getting on the wait list for most people. Plus, I mean, if they really like fill up, fill up, they're going to open more test places because that's just money in the bank. I don't understand why they wouldn't. If, yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. That, yeah, that's that's and well, that's what they've always done historically is just like if you're trying to sign up before the registration deadline, you're yeah, they're going to get you in. Yeah, because they like Ben says, they want your cash. Um, OK, so that's that registrations open now for those two tests. Uh, July again, PSA July is the one where they're going to let you see your score before canceling it. Um, so there's a pretty good uh, incentive to take that test. It's Although a like, quick reminder, we are encouraging everyone to take the March and or June LSAT before you take the July LSAT so you can have a the best score on record before you take it so that if you get a higher score on July, you keep it. If you get a lower score, you can take advantage of the fact that you can now cancel after seeing your score. That's only on the July LSAT. Correct. Yeah. It's more, it's more valuable if you have a, a good score already on record. Yep. Plus, just taking it multiple times is a good thing, right? I think so many people are like, I need like six months, I need eight months. You don't know that you need that until you start doing this. And if you plan on taking it in March, which is now, um, you know, a couple months from now, I think you're going to be much farther along in March than if you plan on taking it in June now. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Sorry, I just got distracted by thinking about a student of mine in San Francisco who his plan was he's registered for January and his plan is he's going to take the January test and then retake in July. Hmm. Okay. So I was kind of arguing with him about that. Yeah. He just he didn't think (laughs) he wanted more time to prepare for his retake. Hmm. And I'm just kind of scratching my head. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If you're miles away from your target score, what's the point of even sitting for January? Yeah. Either you're close and you then should take it again in March. Yeah. I mean, he was like, well, law schools only care about your highest score. And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. But this is not going to be anything close to your highest score. And I don't know that you get that much. Like sometimes people just want to take it take the official one because they feel like it's going to be so different and scary and they just want to just take it for the experience of it. Mm -hmm. But I think people's actual reaction once they do take the official test is they realize that it's just another test. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like the administration part of it is not that big of a deal. I mean, you're just going to be in some room somewhere with other people taking the test. It's not, (laughs) you can take practice tests, right? So I, I'm never really a big fan of like you're you're miles away from your goal, but you're just gonna take a just go sit for the official test for just for the experience. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't love that. I, I think you're either close and by close I mean what, single digits away from your goal? Yeah. Yeah. 
And if you're single digits away from your goal, I don't mind you taking the test just for the experience of it and, you know, take a shot at it. And maybe you have a great day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you certainly could. But if you're like, when you're 20 points away, then it's just like, what's the, what, what value does that have? This is not going to be your best score. So there's no upside in it. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's no downside because law schools only care about your highest score, but there's no upside either. So then I just wonder why you're doing it. I, I don't know. Like, I would rather you just get ready, have a good experience on your first attempt if possible. Yeah. Okay. You want to keep going with this exciting news from LSAC? It's so exciting. I had to take a deep breath. Yeah. Digital LSAT familiarization tool. I hate that word. It's too long. Familiarization? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about just digital LSAT tutorial? Yeah, tutorial. I wonder what that's going to do for me. Like, if it's a tutorial, that's just not clear. But now it is because I know it's going to make me familiar with the digital LSAT. Well, and then look at this bullshit the way that. (laughs) Go ahead and read it. It's just so (laughs) stupid. Our new free digital LSAT familiar. I can't say that. I know. Familiarization tool helps test takers build confidence by seeing how the digital test works. Uh, Oh, is that a reason I should check it out? The release of this helpful tool was timed to coincide with the opening of registration for the July 2019 tests. No period. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no period. That's great. And they only hyperlinked familiarization two <laughs> <laughs> instead of tool. Yeah. I see that too. Yeah. This is not their best work. Nope. And then it, and then it comes out with no signature. Yeah. Thank you for staying engaged and informed. LSAC. <laughs> Just LSAC. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> They're not, a, it's not a human at LSAC anymore. It's just LSAC. Does anyone at LSAC listen to the show? If so, please remove half of your sentences Every time you're about to send out an email, you could really get rid of half of these and no one would be the wiser. In fact, I like how they're, they would be wiser. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like how they're, um, Oh, I'm just trying to figure out if they're going back and forth between one, one period, one space and two spaces. I think they are. I can't tell right there. I see that before the, the, before the, the, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, what I don't like is the editorialization here of it helps test takers build confidence <laughs> by seeing how the digital it's like, yeah, you're, it's just, you want to check out the format of the test. That's what it is. Great. We get it. And then also the word helpful, the release of this helpful tool helpful. <laughs> was time to coincide. Also, why do we even give a shit? that the release of this helpful tool was timed to coincide with the opening of registration for the July, 2019 tests. It's like, is it oh. available or not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Registration's open. Also check out this tool. Great. Hey, when did they release it? I mean, I'm just really curious. <laughs> and, yeah. And why, <laughs> why did them scratch my head? Why did they, huh? Oh, they timed it to coincide with the opening of the registration. <laughs> awesome hey there's another update from lsac oh there is okay wait before we read that i have to say you talked about the uh you know the single space versus double space after a period yes i know that debate has been like beaten to death but (laughs) i had this realization the other day while i was doing an lsat i was like hey 
they only use one space on the LSAT. Shouldn't oh. that settle it for like all of our listeners? Checkmate. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't, but something to think about. It just looks better. It does. One, one space looks better. Okay, so I got a helpful uh, update here from uh, Kara. Okay. It says, Nathan, I just wanted to show you this in case you hadn't seen it yet. $15 more per tester. And then she says, thank you for doing the new explanation videos for the LSAT demon, Kara. I guess I want to give one more update about the LSAT demon. I'm, I've been writing a lot I'm, and I'm really enjoying writing these new explanations. So I've been, um, I'm sure I'll go back to doing video explanations as well, but I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of written explanations in response to people's uh, questions. It's almost as if they're getting, they're getting more than they paid for. Ben, <laughs> these users, because <laughs> they're saying like, hey, would you please explain this question? And like an hour later, I'm responding with a full written explanation. Dude, that's awesome. I like it when they say, I watched the video explanation, but I'm still confused about answer B. I'm like, ah, that was probably my video since most of the videos in there are from me. <laughs> Nathan well, will clear it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the instruction that's in there is going to keep getting better over time. Uh, eventually, yeah. we will have great explanations for every single question. Right now, we have good and great explanations for most of the questions. Some stuff will pop up that doesn't have explanations, but all you got to do is hit the ask button, and uh, that goes into my workflow. And I've been I've been enjoying the little writing prompts throughout the day. So, yeah, thanks. Keep those questions coming. Here's yeah. the uh, here's the LSAT uh, status. Okay. Notice starting with the June 2019 LSAT. The writing section will be separate from the LSAT starting with the June 3, 2019 test. This change will result in greater convenience and flexibility for test takers as the testing date will be shorter. The essay will be typed rather than handwritten and it can be completed at a time and place of the test takers choosing. That's a bad sentence that lists that horrible. parallel. Yeah. I can't believe what, why did they put three sentences together into one? Yeah. By registering for the June LSAT, candidates will be automatically eligible to complete the writing section as of the date of the LSAT and up to one year thereafter. <laughs> that is so confusing. Yes. Candidates are only required to have one essay on file to complete their law school reports. Essays completed during previous LSAT administrations will still be valid for use in law school reports. There will be an additional fee of $15 for each administration of LSAT writing. Capitalized. Yeah. So <laughs> here's what's happening. They're, they're decoupling the writing sample from the test. So instead of doing the writing sample at the end of the test, which that's what's going to happen in January and March still, but going forward, June and beyond, the writing sample is going to be something that you do at home on your computer. Yep. And apparently they're going to have some weird video monitoring bullshit that they're going to like install on your computer. Well, apparently this is pretty standard practice now. Right. So you have some, I would assume, I, I think from what I've heard, <laughs> some uh, proctor in some other country. I mean, where for better or worse, labor is cheaper, right? So they have these right. individuals in some other country 
and you get log in and they look at Did you. Did you just say individuals? Yeah. You mean people? People. <laughs> <laughs> I care about the individual, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we these have people. people. <laughs> these people. So, so yeah. So what you're saying is there's going to be some like people in India or wherever, like doing the vir- virtual proctoring. That's where that's what's been done for other tests, apparently, like the the, okay. uh, the MCAT and stuff like that. So yeah, you you log in and they look at you and they say, okay, well this is what I found interesting when I was talking to my friend about it. He took, I think he took the MCAT. He was saying that they asked him to show them the room, and then he was supposed to hold up a mirror and like show the laptop or the computer to show that there were no notes around it and things like that. And then while he was taking the test, like the test is a long test, right? Maybe 45 minutes into the test or an hour and a half into the test, he might start looking away from the computer or whatever he was working on. And the person would just come on and be like, please look back at the monitor. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's like, that requires serious focus on the part of the proctor just to keep focused on you that whole time. Good God. <laughs> I mean, I have this a is perpl- only 35 minutes, right? So. If anyone at the LSAC is listening, just get rid of the fucking LSAT writing sample. It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. There's no point to it. All right. Yeah. Good news is you're only going to have to do this one time. There, there would never be any reason for doing this multiple times. Yeah. Do it once, get it over with. You don't have to do it on the day of the test. You can do it anytime before you apply. You're going to have to do this. It's just a, a hoop to jump through. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you $15. Because <laughs> we've got to pay the dude in India now to proctor you. Yeah. It will make the testing day shorter. That's good. I don't know. Anything else you want to say about this? No. That's okay. a change. I don't, yeah, and I don't think it's any big deal. I guess, so now people who are taking it in January or March don't even have to worry about it because they're just going to have already done a writing sample. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been a handwritten Ooh. one. So if know. you really want to type it, you can do this thing and I replace. wonder if they'll keep that one on file. Maybe. Hopefully. It doesn't say, does it, like whether you'll be able to pick which one to submit? Mm-hmm. It says you're only required to have one. Uh, my guess is they're just going to keep all of them. Yeah. I bet they're all, I bet you don't have any choice. They're just going to be all of them will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, LSAT writing sample is not scored. It's not part of your 120 to 180 LSAT score. Like many schools don't even look at it ever. Some schools look at it. It's like a double check to make sure that you can actually write a sentence. I, I, there's just nothing to it really. Okay. Next thing. Yeah. Hello, Ben and Nathan. My name is Lydia, and like most of your listeners, I am currently applying to law school. Your podcast has been incredibly helpful in offering advice on the LSAT and the law school application process. More helpful than my university's pre-law advisor, if I may add. Mm. You may. I have a quick question for you both. I just received my November LSAT score, and I got a 160, which is on the lower end of my score range. I currently have a 3.95 GPA. Nice work. So I'm a bit of a splitter. Okay. In the past, I have underperformed on standardized tests, such as the ACT and the SAT. According to those scores, I should be in the bottom 25% of my undergraduate class, although I am currently in the top 98%. 
I have noticed that some law schools offer a section in their application where one can explain why their LSAT score may not reflect their preparedness for the rigor of law school. For the schools that do not offer this particular section, should I add an addendum explaining my propensity to score lower on standardized tests? I'm afraid that such an addendum may just sound like an excuse and hurt my overall application. Thank you for your help. Uh, no, you should definitely write an addendum. You should write what you just told us. Stick to the facts. Don't make excuses. Just say the facts. I have underperformed on standardized tests. That is true. Based on your numbers, that is not a complaint or an excuse. It is just the reality. You have proven it with your GPA. Yeah, your grades are awesome. And 160 is not like an LSAT score to be embarrassed of. Yeah. So, yeah, totally stick to the facts. Although I also would say retake the LSAT. Oh, of course. Yeah. Do both. Even even if you do really well on the LSAT, I think you should say, <laughs> according to those scores, I should be in the bottom 25th of my undergraduate class, although I'm currently in the top 98. If you score like a 168, you can they can still look at that and say, oh, okay, maybe the 168 is low for this applicant. I, I think I would just stick to the facts, not complain, just point out these numbers. They're incredible in my mind. Yeah, yeah. But if 160 is on the lower end of your score range, you need to take the test again. Yep. Because even a few more points, I mean, I know you probably don't want to do this because you're whatever your issue is with standardized tests. But if you've scored higher on your practice tests, you really ought to take it again. A few, a few points, like even if you're, if you're applying with a 163 and a 3.95, yeah. that's a, that's a like significantly better candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are schools that like just won't even look at you with a 160, but they would look at you with a 163. Sure. Or, or they won't look very closely at you with a 160, right? You, you would yeah. be just, if that's below their 25th percentile LSAT score, they just don't admit very many people like that, even though you are a splitter. Yeah. I would say, boy, with your grades, your work ethic, I just don't see why you can't get a few more points on the LSAT. Yeah. So give give it a shot, and and yeah, and then uh, the the addendum sounds good. Uh, all right, anything else there? Nope. Okay, thanks, Lydia. Pearls versus turds. Uh, this is our weekly feature where we take a bit of received wisdom that's out there in the LSAT ether, and we uh, decide whether it's actual wisdom, a pearl, or whether it's uh, a turd. So this is advice that was given to uh, a listener who emailed the show. Here's the tip. And we'll see if this is worth, worth, worthwhile or worth less. I already like the beginning of it. It's common knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's frequently what's said after that is bullshit. So here, here we go. It's common knowledge that you shouldn't study the LSAT for more than a month or two. After that, you inevitably burn out and your scores start to go down. The best plan is to study full-time for a month and then just bite the bullet and take the test. This kind of advice makes me wonder if we're being trolled. Yeah. It's written so poorly, especially for someone taking the LSAT. Like the word inevitably is just 
the kind of word on the test that should make people cringe, right? Unless it's a sufficient assumption question or something. Yeah, well, if it's a premise, (laughs) then inevitably means always. But if it's your conclusion, then it's a real hard conclusion to prove. Yeah. I mean, inevitably, really, people always burn out and their scores go down after studying for a month or two? Uh, No. Uh, Actually, the exact opposite of that. More often than not, your scores will continue climbing after a month or two. Yeah. So this is clearly a turd. Boy, the turds are just dominating. And then it goes on. The best plan. Yeah. There is no better plan. Yeah. The best plan is to study full-time for a month and then Full just bite time. the bullet and take the test. Fuck off. No, that's a terrible tip. That's a, that's just a really bad piece of advice. My, I want people to study a little bit every day for as long as it takes. Yep. That's the civilized way to do it. How do you get fit, Ben? Well, you like work on it a little bit every day for as long as it takes. No, actually, the best plan is to... St- just do it full time for work a month. out full time for a month <laughs> and then take your shirt off. <laughs> You're good. Uh, that's good times. Yep. <laughs> if you study full time for a month, you'll burn out. Like if you were trying to burn out, I would say, yeah, study full time. Yeah. Go for it. It's common but, knowledge that those who follow the best plan burn out after a month. <laughs> yeah, if you're following the best plan, then <laughs> you are definitely going to burn out after a month. So then you should just bite the bullet and take the test. <laughs> this also sounds like some um, take the test only once bullshit. Yeah. Right? Because like yeah. uh, that would have to go hand in hand with this. Like, Of course, yeah. you're not going to retake it if you're following this advice because the burnout would be even more real if you have to keep studying for another couple months. Mm-hmm. Okay, we hate this advice. Chip away at it. Just do a little bit every day. You you will definitely... You can have fun with the test. Mm. This is like... People go into like... They, they're like... They want it to be dramatic. They want it to be this big, fraught, like, trauma. Mm. And they convince themselves that this is horrible. You know, it's like the people that are posting FML about their LSAT prep. Yeah. It's like, fucking relax, dude. It's, <laughs> these questions are easy. They're good. They're fun. They're like, it's a, if you think about it the right way, it's a fun little easy game that you get to learn how to play. Yeah. And that's how people score really high on the LSAT. If you want to make it into a huge dramatic, just trauma, yeah. And and by the way, if you're not working and you're not going to school, like how how do people study full time? <laughs> I guess if you're like on your parents' dole. Yeah. But even then, I would normally recommend people get an internship, get a part-time job, like do something else besides just study for the LSAT full time. I guess you could take up uh weightlifting. You could become a dedicated LSAT studier. An exerciser. Yeah. Like like those crazy trainers. Anyways. Yep. Sorry. I don't know. Just a random suggestion for those people who want to follow the common knowledge. Yeah. But it's just this, this common knowledge is not, (laughs) is not common knowledge. Actually it is. That's what it is, right? It's just, it's common. You want to find common. Yeah. You want to find a, an average approach. (laughs) Here you go. 
It's bogus. Yeah. Just because you hear a lot of people saying it doesn't mean it's true. So, Hey, you can send in your, uh, tips to help at thinking We have yet to find a good tip, <laughs> but, uh, we will have fun discussing it on the show. Yeah. Next. Yep. Hi, Ben and Nathan. I love your show. I have listened to every episode over the last couple of years. I have viewed the online courses and I have read all of your books cover to cover. What? Wow. Wow. Okay. My skeptical meter is going up, but let's hope this is real. All of which leaves me with just one question. (laughs) Should I read the question stem first? Just kidding. Ha ha. I'm glad, I'm glad you got that, got that out of the episodes. Um, last year I applied to law school and was offered several scholarships, which got me thinking about the difference between a hundred percent scholarship and a scholarship for a specific amount, which happens to equal the current tuition. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. (laughs) Those sound like the same thing. I'm assuming those are the same thing for year one, (laughs) but it's year two and year three that we're worried about. At first I was like, Hmm. This is a logical reasoning question. I'm yeah. confused. Yeah. Um, I looked up the historical tuition at one of the schools I was considering. The tuition four years ago, I'm going to attend part-time, was about $42,000. Today, the same school's tuition is about $49,000. Who I should say $43,000 and now about $49,000. If I had gotten a full scholarship four years ago, I would have ended up paying almost $12,000 for my free education. Free is in air quotes. As the cost of tuition increased every year. <laughs> the total for a quote free law degree. Okay, so she goes through the fact that it's increasing every year and therefore we'll have to pay more because yeah. the, the scholarship was only for the set amount at the first year. Okay. Yeah. Have you heard about students successfully changing the terms of their scholarship to a percentage instead of an actual dollar amount? This could make a big difference if you are underprivileged and can't come up with the thousands of dollars for your last year's tuition. Thanks for the great show. Call me Timmy, like last time. Hmm? Okay. P.S. I didn't get enough of a discount on tuition as I would have liked, so I am studying again and shooting for a higher LSAT score. That's a good choice, Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good job, Timmy. Love that. I have not heard of anyone doing this in particular, but if this is what you are offered, I would ask. Yeah, I would certainly, I would certainly say, Hey, what happens when the tuition goes up next year? Does my scholarship go up as well? Yep. And if they say no, you say, Oh really? Is there anything we could do about that? Yeah. Worst they can say is no. It's a little nickel and dimey at that point, huh? It is. It would be weird for them to be like, uh, we're going to start charging you in year two. Yeah. If they want you bad enough to give you a full ride in year one, I feel like they should definitely still want you bad enough to give you (laughs) the few thousand dollars a year for the remaining years. I agree. Uh, Timmy, please, uh, please ask, you know, or actually all the listeners, please ask. We want to know about your negotiations with law schools. Mm -hmm. If you email help at thinking LSAT.com, uh, we can spread the information about these negotiations and we can help everybody get themselves a better deal. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, Thanks, LSAT Tim. India time. Yeah, let's do it.
Okay. This is uh, <clears throat> LSAT India Prep Test 2, Section 1, Question Number 9. Don't know if listeners have any way of getting the, getting their oh. hands on... Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I was about to say a PSA, and that is that you can Google these and find them. Oh, good. Okay. Yep. So these are extra free practice tests that people yep. can do. Google LSAT India. So far, the questions seem very predictive of like the modern... They don't seem any different to me. Yeah. These logical reasoning questions that we've been working on anyway. Yeah. Interestingly enough, we're working through LSAT India prep test number two. LSAT India prep test number one is actually the June 2007 LSAT, oh. except for some bizarre reason, they decided to remove one answer choice from each of the questions. So LSAT Whoa. India prep test one is the June 2007 LSAT with only four answer choices. Wow. Yeah. Interesting choice of test testing there. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I would love to see if they removed like the second best answer or if they removed just some total garbage answer. I hope they removed a total garbage answer. Because if they removed the second best answer, it would be too it, easy. It would, yeah. It would just skyrocket the ease of that test. Yeah. Okay. Um, here we go. Yep. Logical reasoning question. I am not reading the question stem first because I am good at logical reasoning. And, <laughs> and Timmy told you so. <laughs> when people are good at logical reasoning, they do not need to read the question stem first. We're just going to attack the argument here and it's going to be fucking easy. The average life expectancy of people who drink alcohol heavily. Ooh, I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> Sorry. The average life expectancy of people who drink alcohol heavily is lower than that of people who do not drink heavily. Yeah, but we have so much more fun. Okay. And people who smoke tobacco have lower life expectancies on average than those who refrain from smoking. Yeah. Okay. No new Yet. information there. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet, the average life expectancy of people who both drink heavily and smoke tends to decrease when such people give up drinking. All right. So, got to think about this for a second. I'm covering, I don't even care what the question stem says. I, well, I don't. I, we, can, we already know what it's going to be at this point, right? I think. Yes, because it it's a puzzling set of circumstances, so this is going to be a paradox question or an explanation question. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you call it. Yep. It's like you, but you you have to just get like you have to be paying attention to the facts. You do. <laughs> like, yeah. Like okay, so drinking generally lowers your life expectancy. Smoking generally lowers your life expectancy. But when people both drink and smoke, when they quit drinking, that also lowers their life expectancy. But that's counterintuitive because we thought that drinking lowered your life expectancy. Yeah. But now they're saying that if you're also a smoker and you quit drinking, that's worse. Yeah. Wow. So why is it, Ben, that drinking is drinking like protecting people from the harmful effects of smoking? That's one possible explanation. The thing that I thought of right away, maybe because you joked about it, but I think it's a reasonable joke, is that these people are particularly affected when they give up drinking because they do both or the smoking. Yeah, it's got to be something about the interaction between the smoking and the drinking, I think. And somehow 
now that they're not drinking anymore, they're not as happy, which might increase their tendency to die. I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really matter so much in my mind as long as we are grappling with the paradox. Yes, because the correct answer will frequently not be something that we exactly predicted, but yeah. we, we know what the mystery is. We, mm-hmm. I love that, grappling with the paradox. We've, we've, we know what the issue is. Yeah. Once we know what the issue is, then the correct answer should jump off the page at us because it'll just be like, oh, here's a perfectly reasonable explanation. Yeah. We'll feel actually a, a tinge of relief, right? We'll be like, ah, okay. That's yeah. why that's happening. Yep. Yep. Like I, you get curious and then you're mm-hmm. satisfied. You, your curiosity gets satisfied. Mm-hmm. Right. So it should feel like, oh yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, that feels better. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Which one of the following most helps to reconcile the discrepancy described above? Of course, it is an explanation question, paradox question. A, most heavy drinkers who are also smokers tend to smoke more heavily if Ooh. they stop drinking. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's the answer. I, I mean, mean it's, talking, it's talking about the group that we want to, that we're curious about. Yep. The paradox was about people who both drink and smoke. And this mm-hmm. says, well, those types of people, when they quit drinking, they smoke more. I bet that does kind of tie into your prediction, our prediction. We are like, hey, <laughs> you're not going to be as happy when you give up drinking. And maybe they compensate by smoking more. Yeah. And if smoking, it doesn't say this in the facts, but smoking could definitely be worse for your health than drinking. Yeah. And if that's true, then A becomes an awesome explanation. Yep. Cool. Uh, so we'll just skim through B, C, D, E. It would take us almost no time. The place to go fast on the LSAT is by disrespecting the answer choices because we knew what we were looking for. A was very satisfying. And so now it's just like skimming through. B says the life expectancy of smokers who stop smoking increases even if they have smoked for many years. But wait. What? <laughs> when was it talking about people quitting smoking? Never talked about it. We don't care about this group. That's a different group of people. That that doesn't explain anything about the group that we we needed to know about people who did both and quit drinking. Yep. This is just people who are smokers. Doesn't even say whether they drink or not. Mm-hmm. And then quit smoking. Get out of here. That's not what we're looking for. C. Yep. The average life expectancy of relatively light smokers is lower than that of people who have never smoked at all. What the hell? <laughs> all that does is like reinforces the idea that smoking is bad for you. Yeah. But we, d- we already knew that. Goodbye. D, the life expectancy of smokers who are heavy drinkers usually increases if they give up both smoking and drinking. Great. <laughs> that, that just makes the paradox even weirder, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, wait a minute, if they just quit drinking, their life expectancy goes down. But if they quit drinking and smoking, then their life expectancy goes up. Yeah. That's not explaining why their life expectancy goes down when they quit drinking. Yeah. E, most heavy smokers who are not heavy drinkers tend to gain weight if they <laughs> stop smoking. <laughs> well, again, we don't care about people who stop smoking and I do not care about weight. And we don't care about people who are not heavy drinkers. I mean, this the group that we were interested in is people who are both drinking and smoking. Yeah. And he's like, smokers but not drinkers. Well, who cares? Yep. And so the correct answer is A, 
if you struggle with the question like that at all, I just think you're being too passive. You need to slow down and just really resist the answer choices. Mm-hmm. People asked me, um, oh, LSAT demon tip. If you miss a question, it will highlight the correct answer, right, Ben? Yeah. And some people find that distracting. I agree. But there's a real easy fix, which is you just hit the back button. If you hit the back button, it gives you the question again. Yep. And you don't see the correct answer. Yeah. Although we're working on that. We actually Oh, you're going to that's a feature that's going to get fixed. Yeah, okay. where people can, you know, reveal the correct answer. I see. Okay, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Um but anyway, for for everybody out there, on logical reasoning, you need to just resist the answer choices. It's true for reading comp too. Actually, yeah. it's true for games too. Like yep. you need to get in the business of telling them what the answer is instead of uh passively sorting through the answer choices and trying to, you know, hoping that the answer choices are going to explain it to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about today? No, I guess we should do these promos. Um, we now have 1224 members in the thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook. So please go join the conversation there. Uh, while you're there, you can hit the like button on the thinking LSAT Facebook page. We would, uh, appreciate that. We're the uh, we're at thinking else at pretty much everywhere, uh, including Twitter. And on uh, I'm at in Fox on Twitter. Ben is at Olson Benjamin. You can visit strategyprep.com and foxlsat.com to learn about all of our services. We teach live classes uh, in DC, LA, and San Francisco. We have all sorts of online and one-on-one options. Uh, we both do a lot of tutoring via Skype. If you want to engage our services directly. You can go to lsatdemon.com to really, I mean, that's the first step for everybody these days is to just go to LSAT Demon and sign up and start uh, chipping away a little bit all the time. Anything else we need? Oh, Vegas. What are the dates again for Vegas? Saturday, March 16th and Sunday, March 17th. Full day classes with us. Those live classes are delightful. They're super helpful. You get plenty of one-on-one time with me and Ben. You get to answer or you get to ask all your questions and uh yeah they're they're very fun so please come out and see us in vegas and remember there's a discount uh if you sign up by february 1st you will get a hundred dollars off cool uh that was show number 176 thanks all y'all for listening nice knowing you don't pay for law school